Welcome to the Youth Ministry Training Podcast. Today, we'll be hearing from Joel Johns on the subject, Effective Midweek Youth Ministry. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Hey, happy May, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to join in to the Youth Ministry Training Podcast. This is Josh Carson, your UPCI Youth Ministries President, and I am thankful tonight. I'm going to be joined by some friends, Brother Justin Ranking and Brother Michael Thomas. This is our Youth Secretary and Director of Promotions, not to mention the fact that I'm joined by longtime friend, Joel Johns, Youth Pastor at Atlanta West Church there in Atlanta, Georgia. He also serves as the Georgia District Youth Secretary, along with his wife, Alanda, and their incredible kids, Lincoln and Zara. And he's talking about a topic tonight that so many of us are affected by. We typically, it seems like at times, live youth ministry in the high of event to event, event to event. Well, what does that mean for us on the weekly norm? How do we accomplish it? Some of you have a midweek service on Tuesday. Some of you have a midweek service on Wednesday or even Thursday. And one of the things that's often asked from veteran youth workers is how do we keep a high um, momentum, a great, not just energy, but strong movement and momentum through the week? Well, Joel is gonna talk about that tonight and an incredible topic, effective midweek youth ministry, how that looks, how that sounds, how that plays out. And so I'm thankful that he's here. As you know, this call, it's, it's underwritten by She's for Christ, by your sacrificial giving, and what you do for the kingdom of God. If somebody hasn't told you this in a while, I want you to hear. What you do for the kingdom of God is so important. Whether you're a full-time youth worker, whether you're a volunteer, maybe you're just starting to get your feet wet in youth ministry. I want you to know that any effort you're making to help facilitate and nurture growth in the lives of a youth or a young adult, trying to get them closer to Jesus Christ, it is important work and it's effective work. So thank you for blessing the kingdom of God by giving of your time, by giving of your resources. And I'm praying that this time together and this call is gonna be extremely effective for you. Wherever you're at, would you just take a moment and would you pray before you listen in that God would bless you as you hear what Brother Joel Johns would have to say. God, I thank you for these incredible youth workers the time, the energy, the investment that they're putting into youth ministry in whatever measure that might be. And I pray that you would help us during this specific call to recognize what it is you're trying to do and what it is you want to do for us moving forward as a result, that you want us to not have any service, any element, any time of our gathering where we are missing vital things we can be accomplishing. So I pray that you'd speak into our hearts and minds and help us as a result of our time listening to this podcast to be more effective than we ever have been. I ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Joel, my friend, I'm so glad that you're with us. I want you to take your time. I know Justin's going to pepper you with some questions and uh, just appreciate all that you do there on the local level, what you do for the district there of Georgia. But I'm thankful for what you are doing for us uh, in this call tonight. Take your liberty, man. All right. Thank you for this opportunity, Brother Carson. It's an honor to serve in student ministry and share a few things that our team is doing at our local youth ministry. 
I'm 33 years old and right in my 12th year of youth ministry. I had the honor and the opportunity to serve as youth pastor for right at three years in Titusville, Florida with Pastor Jody Wells. I give him honor to that for trusting me with that opportunity to serve students. And there I started with just a handful of uh, incredible students gathering together for a midweek service in a small Sunday school room. And those are some of my fondest memories of youth ministry. I was a rookie, fresh out of Bible school, and I now realize that I had no idea what I was doing. And each midweek service was a new adventure of trial and error, mostly error, but we all survived. We were able to grow in numbers and into a new space for youth service uh, before I transitioned. In 2010, I moved back to my home church to be youth pastor at Atlanta West Pentecostal Church, and I'm in my ninth year of student ministry here. And there are not as many trial runs now, but still uh, plenty of errors in my part. Uh, but so I had a couple of different environments of youth ministry. Um, that I've experienced midweek services in, and I want to share a few things of how we run through a, our youth ministry, how we operate uh, with the emphasis on a midweek youth services. I know every church, every youth ministry has its own unique culture and format, but hopefully there'll be a few things that will prove beneficial to you today. On the mission of our uh, youth ministry, we try to mirror that of our church, to simply lead people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, and develop them into fully devoted followers of him. And we keep that in line with our church. The age range of my midweek service of my youth ministry is ages 12 to 20 years old. Uh, when they hit that 21 year old mark in the adult, we have them transition to our hyphen ministry. And we're currently uh, seeing a little bit of a decline with our midweek attendance. And I'm gonna share a few things that we're attempting to address that. Uh, maybe it's a cultural thing, maybe something in our area in a, a city of Atlanta, but we're seeing that trend with our statistics, with our numbers, and we're trying to reinforce that Wednesday night midweek service. Um, but last year, we had 24 first-time guests at our midweek service. Uh, we had multiple conversions that took place on Sundays and Wednesdays with 19 students filled with the Holy Ghost, 20 baptized in Jesus' name. I thank God for that, and I believe in student ministry and especially and having a move of God in that midweek service for our students. We hold our midweek youth service in our youth center on Wednesday nights. And our youth worship center is primarily set up for our students, but it is a shared space with our growing church, uh, used by children's ministry, choir practice, ladies prayer meetings, our Spanish daughter work meets there. So there's always tensions to manage with a shared space, but we do our best to make that work. And right side of our youth center, we have a fellowship hall, and it's a large, empty, quiet space, an awkward space where students would typically, um, they gather before services. Basically, that's most teenagers' worst nightmare. So over the years, we've looked at that, we've seen that space, and we've invested in uh, pre-service uh, elements, video games, foosball tables, arcade basketball, table games, a welcome center, kiosk, and all of this is mobile because we saw the need. We didn't have a permanent space, but we said, we need this. This is very valuable. So I set this up every week before service. Our youth team assists. We tear it down every single week. Um, it's a bit tedious, but we felt that there was a great need and a value for creating a fellowship environment for our current students, our new students to connect with each other, 
to connect with our staff, build relationships before we go into our youth service. And it's been uh, very valuable. It's available before and after every single youth service. Now, speaking of staff, um, how we run our midweek service, it's all uh, very important because of our staff. And we want our children's and our youth ministries to be the safest place in the church. We want all parents to feel comfortable and have trust us with their students. So building that culture of respect and trust with parents is vital. So anybody involved in our student ministry that's 21 years or older, they have to have a background check. Everybody 15 and older has to go through our complete discipleship process and be an approved volunteer. Uh, we have multiple um, volunteers and others who serve as uh, special event staff, but I have a core youth team that consists of 11 members at the moment, some couples, some young adults. But there's no way that I could run a youth program, a midweek service by myself, do a good job and stay personally connected to all of our kids. I don't want to try to be every student's hero in the youth group, but I want that to be one of our youth staff members. Our youth staff um, commits to a minimum of one year, and they sign a youth ministry agreement with expectations and guidelines and really selective about uh, who I choose to influence my youth, uh, my students. Team chemistry is very important, but finding staff members for your midweek service who are well-balanced, they're humble, they've got to have a great sense of humor, dealing with students, easygoing, faithful, but most importantly, they display consistency in their walk with God, with their attitude, consistency in their emotions. Because our midweek youth service should be a safe haven for our students, a consistent environment of love, of encouragement, and support. Because students come from so many inconsistent environments, and they need to know that when they come to our youth service, that we have built a culture of consistency in our youth ministry. I meet with that youth staff um, every month. We gather on Sundays between our two duplicate services. In these meetings, we discuss that upcoming midweek service schedule for the month. We talk about the upcoming teaching series topics. Uh, we plan our future events. We review student absentee reports, those kids who haven't been faithful or they're missing a couple of midweek uh, services. And we focus on students who may be in a spiritual ICU or discuss hot topics. Um, we have an annual youth revival every year. And on that Saturday of Youth Revival, I have our guest speaker. We do some training sessions with my staff, but trying to help them be at their best to minister to our students on midweek. And in order to stay connected to our students on a personal level and not allow any students to fall through the cracks, we have organized our students into small groups. And this comes into uh, play in our uh, midweek service once a month. We break up these groups by gender, uh, by middle school, students, high school, and those that are uh, out of high school that are not yet 21. And uh, our students, they transition to new groups at the beginning of a new school year. But each staff member, they lead a group of 12 or less uh, students for one year. And they're responsible for staying connected to those students on a regular basis, not just at our midweek service. They do try to focus in on Sundays and especially on that Wednesday night those are my kids and I'm going to play ping pong with them. I'm going to hang out with them. I'm going to spend some time, ask them how their day is. That There's somebody accountable to those group of students. So those uh, youth staff members, they should know what's going on in that student's life, follow up with them on special events, 
their birthdays, concerts at uh, band concerts, school events, the students struggling, missing regular midweek services, that small group leader should follow up with them. If a student brings a guest, that small group leader um, should follow up with that guest. If a student has a guest who needs a Bible set, I'll try to connect a corresponding small group leader staff member to them. But once a month, we have a small group night on the last midweek service of the month. Routinely, one of our students will get up on that midweek service and they'll speak for five minutes or less about the monthly series topic. Then I'll give a quick series review. We set up our small groups. And the youth staff then joins together with their small groups. They spread out around the campus in available spaces. And the week before small groups, I give the students an opportunity to write down any questions about that monthly series, um, any questions they have about the material, they turn those in and that way we can answer those in that small group on that monthly meeting. But in those monthly small group meetings, my youth staff, they build relationships with the students. They play games, they eat snacks, they're talking about life sharing requests, spending times in prayer, but most importantly, they're making practical application of the monthly sermon series that I've been focused on midweek. And we have an attendance team that takes attendance every week via iPad. We have a church software program, Fellowship One, and we fill out first-time guest cards when kids come in. Uh, we give them resources. Uh, we have those enter in the system, but this helps our small group leaders track students, know who's missing, who's new, um, and we get that information to them so we can make sure that everybody comes in and out of our doors, that we're accountable to them. But this has been a great addition to our youth ministry and our midweek youth service, having that monthly small group meeting and helping me as a youth pastor keep track of kids as your youth group grows. Now, creating students who are fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ uh, part of our mission doesn't happen on accident. I knew it was going to take a, an intentional effort, uh, especially in that midweek services. So upon some critical review of myself, my old system of coming up with weekly sermon topics or the occasional series wasn't exactly creating a well-balanced diet for our youth. So in 2014, I sat down in a pastor's meeting uh, with our, our staff. We had discussion on topics that our students need to hear on an annual basis, on a three-year rotation. So I wanted our students to be taught a variety of essential truths, and I wanted the stamp of approval from my pastor and our pastoral team on that. And uh, if I led, feel led to preach or teach a unique message, that's one off from that. I kind of do that in between the series. But that's been a big, important part of that. I want to briefly mention our annual parent meeting, some monthly events, and how that relates to our midweek service. Um, and most youth workers should know that partnering with parents is a key to success in the youth ministry. And we kick off the year with a parent meeting. In this meeting, I give out um, the series topics in the month that corresponds to for the entire year. So they know when and what their student is going to be learning and hearing about in our midweek services. Also give out an event overview sheet for the entire year with the monthly events and um, average pricing for those events. But all of our youth events, that we advertise those, we, uh, we push those, we promote them to make sure that if anything's happening on the weekends, but especially a special event on a midweek service, no student, no parent is left out. We use social media, apps, websites, every resource we can get our hands on. But of course, we have that weekly youth service, and this is what ties in events. That monthly small group night, it takes place um, at the midweek service, but we have two 
uh, events a month, two week youth events a month. And each church and city has its own culture. And being in Atlanta, I've found for some reason our students that just don't turn out for Friday or Saturday events. In Titusville, when I was there, it would come out of the woodwork for a weekend event, but not here in Atlanta. So over the years, we found that some of our biggest attended events with the most guests are the ones we did on a midweek youth service night. So now we strategically, once a quarter, we have a Wednesday night youth event to try to keep momentum with kids, connect guests to our weekly youth service environment. And on these quarter events, we do all kinds of things from game nights, um, uh, Christmas parties, theme parties, whatever it may be. But that's been strategic and it's been very helpful for us. And finally, I want to mention just a few things about student involvement in our local church. And when students are involved, it's going to give them a sense of ownership. Those who give most are going to love the most. So we guide new converted students to a church discipleship program, Bible studies if needed that are personal. But once they complete um, that, our current students, they go through a ministry process. And once approved, we try to get our students to serve and get involved in that midweek service. They do everything from sing with our worship team, play in the worship band, take attendance, assist with guest services, run lights, run the media, make announcements, lead prayer, set up, tear down. We also have a great group of students that try to get plugged in on Sundays and other areas. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is I strongly believe that in your midweek service that you push um, youth ministries, P7 clubs, and CMI. The results will vary from year to year and club to club, um, depending on the student involvement. But we usually have a couple of P7 clubs every year. And I want to highlight just a few years ago in 2016, we had an over two-year period at our Lithia Springs High School Club, two students who were incredibly engaged. Um, as a result, the highlights of that, three students were filled with the Holy Ghost on their high school campuses in one of the classrooms. And over that three-year period, we had over 50 people connected to that club, attend services, and out of those 50-plus people, uh, we saw 22 people baptized in Jesus' name, 24 filled with the Holy Ghost, many of them students and many of them filled with the Holy Ghost on our midweek youth services. And we have a lot of fun before and after youth service in our fellowship hall. But when we go into the youth center, I like the focus to switch to prayer, switch to worship, switch to the word of God, that we have a separation of those two things. Now, we don't always, not every youth program is going to have the opportunity or have different spaces, but that's what we've strategically tried to do. Uh, we'll open up with announcements, offering, time of prayer, worship. I'll teach, preach, but every week we do our best to have an altar call, an opportunity for students to pray for needs and respond to the word of God. Now, getting students in a weekly move of God, in the presence of God with their peers, that's vital to their spiritual transformation. I believe that youth workers should approach every midweek service with great expectation believing that God will manifest himself in a mighty way and minister to their students. I'll echo the statement that you never know when, uh, what your students are going to be dealing with that particular week. If we're not on our game as youth workers, if we're not sensitive to the Holy Ghost, we can miss an opportunity to minister to a student when they need it most. You never know what sermon will resonate with the student. You never know what service on a midweek will be that one where the light bulb goes off in a student's life and everything changes. Youth ministry can be thankless. It can be tiring, 
but I also believe in the value of investing in the next generation of the church. So I close just by challenging my fellow youth workers to strive for endurance in youth ministry, challenge you to work hard on your midweek services and your youth events, plan, prepare every single week because your students deserve your best and your best belongs to God. So stay connected to the work of God, stay full of the Holy Spirit so you can pour out of yourself and avoid burnout. And of course, learn to love to eat lots and lots of pizza. Uh, thank you again for this opportunity and to share a few things with you about how we run our midweek service. And I want to turn this over uh, to Brother Ranking if he has any questions or comments from me about everything today. But thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brother Joel. We appreciate your time and investment. Thank you for organizing these thoughts and for giving us a a high-level picture of what um, your youth group and youth ministry looks like, and more specifically, uh, effective midweek services. I really appreciate you giving us, of course, your the, the culture and the understanding of knowing the culture of your church and your area and adjusting to how that works so that people don't feel like, well, I have to copy this guy. I have to do, they do it this way, we have to do it that way. I, I'm, I'm glad that you addressed that point. You also uh, were very transparent and very honest at the very beginning of our recording here today that, you know, you made mistakes. Um, like all of us do, we're human. We've uh, done some things we wished we hadn't. Uh, so when we're talking about, about youth service, I, I can recall when I was a youth pastor, there were illustrations that just didn't go over like I thought or events that didn't go over. What are maybe some ones you'd feel free uh, you'd feel comfortable sharing as far as, you know, man, I, I would never arrange our youth service in this order again, or that idea was was too big, or I should have planned earlier, something that maybe we can all learn from a mistake that you learned from. Would you be willing, or is there one you can think of that, man, this just didn't work, and I'm definitely not doing that again? <laughs> sure. Well, you know, once again, obviously, every youth group has their own dynamics, so things might go well here. They're going to uh, not go well over there. So that's so important of having success is trying to have an understanding of your culture. And of course, I messed up along the way. I really tried my best to learn from others' mistakes. And one of the safest things you can do, run your ideas by other people. That saved me a lot of heartache. Run it by your pastor. Um, one thing I remember doing, we tried to do student spotlights. We're trying to get kids involved, and we'd have a five-minute opening segment every week, you know, for students where they could have that spotlight moment to, you know, preach or share a special word. And um, just the way the culture of our youth group was, it ended up being like the same three people. It was the the weekly America's Got Talent moment for those kids, where they're up front, they're performing. The rest of the kids are disconnected. Um, it was a terrible idea. So, you know, you have a good idea, you have a bad, you can it. Um, when it comes to preparation, you know, when it comes to illustrations gone wrong, you know, learning your best that if you can do a, a trial run before you do something, that's going to be always a key of success. I, we had an icebreaker where I tried to, in my first youth group in Florida, put salt on a hand and put your ice because I know it would burn. It would be cold and we had a contest. Well, not understanding that chemical reaction and how dangerous that is and how hardcore those kids were. We had uh, kids who froze their skin, burned their hand. And for until I left, like three years later, I had kids in the youth group with scars on their hand because I didn't thoroughly think through 
and plan out things. So things are always going to go wrong. Things are going to uh, happen. Um, but uh, that's just a couple things that come to mind. Now all the adventurous youth workers that are listening to this podcast are going to go find salt and ice cubes and be like, <laughs> all right, let's see. Let's see what he's talking about. And I'm going to try it. Man, thank you so much for being honest and open. You know, we all have things we wish we could go back. I, I really uh, uh, appreciate you sharing those things. Let's talk about, um, you, you mentioned, again, talking about knowing your culture of your group. I, I liked how you talked about going mobile and bringing in, because you have space challenges, you didn't let that, you didn't let that box you in, but you decided to go mobile. Talk a little bit more about what you mean by go mobile like you talked about video game stations is, is this something like you you literally put these um guest care check-ins you put them on like a cart and they're stored in a certain place at the church you, you talked about having to go in and out get can you give us just a little bit more insight maybe somebody's curious like what does that mean sure absolutely and that's exactly what it means it means we can't keep um, that's fellowship hall it's used for as i mentioned before children's ministry they have a setup on sundays that rooms used all the time so everything that we have that i've purchased i've somehow gone to ikea or a hardware store and i've put it on a cart i have wheels um, it's something that i can set up and tear down um, everything zip tied it's um, outlets extension cords roll up the rug everything almost is in a quick mobile setting where we have partitions in the side of that fellowship hall area that's blocked off and every week it's rolled it's stacked it's almost like a special uh, dominoes jenga game where everything has its exact spot to fit in that area and it's covered and put away but we do that every week and uh, making that an easy process for you um, but also it's still going to be hard work, but making it as easy for you that every week, um, you know, you kind of cut back that frustration, but it's vital and it's important. And yeah, so everything's on a cart, um, you know, make sure ping pong tables, we put foosball tables on the carts. I mean, everything pretty much has wheels. If it doesn't have wheels, it's not going to be in our setup um, on a Wednesday night. There you go. Talk to us about, um, you, you briefly mentioned youth worship and having you know a worship song within you, know, you you transition from kind of like a game time icebreakers and you said you want your midweek services to have that spiritual element and of course much of that is going to be music and worship how how is your setup with a youth band talk just a few more minutes about or or, or less than that just what what's your what's your music setting look like on a midweek like about how many songs do you sing is is that stationary like is there a stage with that shared space or is you having to move all that too? just talk to us a little bit more about the music side um thankfully that's that section that we have is stationary now when i was in titusville uh, florida my first uh, three years of music ministry you just do whatever you can uh, we had one when we initially started we had a young guy uh, who would come in and just play an acoustic song set and then uh, we had a lady who would come in and she would just do a few songs of piano. My wife and I uh, would would sing. We'd play iPod for altar call worship songs, you know, whatever you can do to make it work. Now um, we, we run everything through planning center. So all of our volunteers, we use that resource, our scheduled chord charts, music, all that's going to be online for them. Um, we try to have several students every week. We'll have two or three students that are in that worship band. Um, they get there about an hour before service. Um, they should have, you know, most of the material done. Uh, we have different worship leaders from my brother who's a very good worship leader. 
another young guy in our church leads worship, uh, Brandon Marin. And then we have some youth staff and younger people, different tiers of worship leading. So, it, you know, I hate to say it's different levels, but there's just different levels of experience and talent. Um, but everybody has an opportunity. But, um, you know, we, we kick off service. We try our best to lead a season of prayer. And depending on, we don't want parents rushing us. So right now we actually do two songs every week, sometimes three. Sometimes we'll do a full band. Sometimes we just need to slow it down and we don't want kids caught up into a big show. And we'll just do an acoustic set with the box. So uh, mixing it up with different levels of talent, with involvement of students, um, you know, it, all of that's played a big role into the worship team. But just giving your best with what you have. Um, and that's a little bit of what we do. Wonderful, man. Just one final question on, along the, the lines of music. Um, some things you can sometimes come up against on a midweek service. Kids are, are tired from school. Um, you know, it's midweek. They're just trying to press through, get to the weekend. Have you found those moments where, you know, you can feel like worship service isn't getting where we want, where we need it to be before the word goes out, you know, before the lesson is, is shared? What have you found some keys uh, to break through maybe some of those those barriers? Just some of them are just natural barriers. Some of it is spiritual, but some of it's just flesh barrier. Um, what are maybe some some tips or things that you do when you get in the mic or um, you share with your team of, OK, here's we want to get to this level. Here's how we get there. Absolutely. Um, every everybody has a worship environment with students. They're going to face difficulties in seasonal worship. It's not a Sunday morning. They're amongst their peers. So you have those challenges. And especially if you've been with a youth group for multiple years, you'll have cycles of strong worship, seasons of strong worship. And sometimes you have season where you're growing. We'll grow up a youth group, a culture of worship with some students. And typically as those students are moving into that culture of leading of worship and stepping out in worship, those younger students tend to not be dependent on, you know, de they depend on those other people. So when those older students, that generation transitions out, then we're in that current situation right now where it's a young group of students. So um, what we always try to do, um, our, our consistent teaching and preaching, we work that in constantly. I'll do series on worship, preach on the importance of worship. Um, I really do my best to encourage worship, positively reinforce, um, you know, we share scriptures. I'll try to Make sure my we're not condemning the kids or speaking down to them, but it's an encouragement of their worship. And uh, you know, maybe the worship leader will, you know, if we're in that season, I'll ask them, hey, every, before you go up there, you know, share a scripture on worship, give some positive encouragement about worship, lead those kids. So we lead by example. Some things only come by praying and fasting, but and especially when we have those breakthrough moments, just bragging on those kids, guys. This is such a beautiful. Uh, time of worship. I'm so proud of you guys, man. We've this is what happens. When we make up our mind to step out and worship. This is what the difference we can make in our, you know, one another's lives by creating a place where God can inhabit the praises of His people. Um, so those are a couple quick things that come to mind that we've tried to do um, to help encourage that worship. That's great, man. That sounds like a very well balanced approach of things that you can do within the service and then continuing outside of that. I love the line where you said. We're not talking down to them, but we're encouraging them the opportunity to worship. Well, Brother Johns, we appreciate your time so much. Thank you for, again, investing and sharing uh, experiences that you've had in Florida and then there in Atlanta. We're so thankful. 
We're going to turn the rest of uh, this recording over to our director of promotion, Brother Michael Thomas, who is going to talk to us about upcoming promotions and close this out in prayer. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much, Brother Ranky. And thank you, Brother Joel, for sharing with us your excellent insight on how to have effective midweek youth ministry. If you haven't yet registered for a North American Youth Congress afterburner, do yourself a favor and do so as soon as possible because tickets are selling out very fast. You can visit youthcongress.com to purchase your tickets and ensure that you and your youth group have access to one of the afterburner options at North American Youth Congress. Now let's close this podcast with prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for everyone who has taken time out of their schedule to listen in on this month's podcast. Lord, we pray that you bless all the youth workers, Lord, who are endeavoring to make a difference in the lives of young people in their church and on the local level. Lord, we pray that you would encourage us and strengthen us, Lord, for the days ahead. We're entering youth camp season and, of course, Youth Congress. And Lord, we pray that you would grace us and give us wisdom, help us with our planning. And, Lord, may this be an impacting summer for the young people we lead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.